0: This is the Formation Lab. Welcome one, welcome all to the Formation Lab podcast, the only podcast located in Austria. The entire nation, there's no other podcast located in Austria. And in fact, we're located in Austria by way of St. Louis, Austria. I'm Luke. I'm joined as always by Tim. Tim, how are you doing? That's a massive disappointment. So that's why I pulled in Ryan Bjorke to co host this weekend. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Luke? I'm not doing too bad. Uh, So Tim is out. This is uh, the 4th of July weekend here in the States, which, of course, is Independence Day. Um, So Tim took a long vacation. Uh, We got a federal holiday on, like, the Monday, so it was a natural weekend. So he's out. Uh, Ryan and I weren't so lucky to be able to go, like, camping in Colorado, I think. So
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I would have loved to go to that Mid-Ohio race. Yeah, that would have been great. (laughs) But, no, we have to sit here, you know— things like work
1: yeah I <laughs> or, guess. We'll, we'll get off next year yeah we'll for, for sure we'll get off
0: next year uh but that doesn't mean that we took the weekend off from watching the races that we didn't take anything off because we watched two races and two fairly decent races i know going in we'll start with kind of the formula one sphere i was worried that this week's austria race was going to be a repeat of last week's Styria race which we labeled the episode "The Sound of Snoozic" because it was just terrible. Uh, this week's Austria race was pretty darn great, to be honest. I I, I
1: would have to agree. I grant it, Max checked it out, but <laughs> other than that, like it was a great race.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, Max Max just completely like took off. He started and then he just took off, and it was completely over. But uh, I mean, if you're looking though, I mean, P what two through i have highlighted here basically p2 through 10 which is nuts like the the midfield shuffle the upper midfield shuffle was great there was victories there was heartaches um we're just going to jump right into it uh we will start though uh, we'll start our gp review and we're going to start with uh the the first i don't know if it's heartbreak Esteban Ocon, uh, with a you know DNF basically in turn three on lap one, just got caught in a sandwich, and he was the he was the ham and just out it broke his uh, I think front right suspension.
1: It was both. He got yeah. both uh, both push rods from what I was reading on uh, from what I was reading earlier.
0: Yeah, so he DNFs, and Esteban Ocon continues right he signs this massive contract are you familiar with uh, with what we would call in uh, baseball or hockey are you familiar with the concept of a contract here yes so I am. so for those playing in a, along at home uh, in you know ball you know stick and ball sports um or stick and puck sports as it were we have this idea that if you're up for a contract That year, you naturally overperform because you want to get paid that following offseason when they renew your contract. So if you're signing a guy, it's like, yeah, but look what he did last year. Right. But last year was him overplaying for an entire year to get a massive payday. Look at, you know, two years, three years.
1: Perfect example is Fitz Magic. (laughs) He plays great. And then the Jets paid him. Plays great. Then the Dolphins paid
0: him. Mm Mm-hmm plays great and then you know the Buccaneers paid him and then the Saints paid him, right every time he plays great gets a new contract sucks for a year gets benched then you know is due gets pulled into a place dominates gets paid Esteban Ocon I think I think Alpine fell for the old contract year switcheroo because he was doing fine this year he was keeping up with Fernando Alonso which is a tough task even at Fernando's age um and then what you sign a contract and you know he's, how he's finished outside the points I think now in four straight races. Yep. Ouch. Yeah. I I don't know if I can blame him. Do you blame him for this incident
1: though? I don't blame him for. Uh, the only thing that I could say to blame, and this would only be if it was farther along in the race, is you know who you're racing. Especially back in the pack, you've got a bunch of hungry young drivers who are fighting for every inch on that track and putting your car in a position like that, a veteran like Fernando would have backed out. Mm -hmm. Um, In my opinion, I can't give him too much fault because it is the start of the race. You don't know what the hell is going on around you. You need to kind of be, uh, like, you need to be aggressive. If you're not aggressive, right. you're just going to get spat out
0: anyway. Right. Like, we we always say in the Indy 500, right, you can only lose your race in the first 100 laps. This is the exact opposite yeah. of, the of, you know, a race like the Indy 500 or endurance race, which is lap one on your first turns are the best opportunity you have to improve your station full stop for the entirety of Sunday. Yep. So you you're okay with him being aggressive. I am. I I
1: don't I I don't know I don't this is armchair racing of course, but I don't know if I would have seen those two cars as far up on me as they were and know and kind of having a general idea of who would be behind the wheel. I probably would have backed off a little bit because mm-hmm. you know those two aren't paying attention to him. They're paying attention to each other.
0: Right. So yeah, it's um, it's um, you have to account for in racing. I'm sure I've shoot. I'm just doing rental carts, and I've seen this. You've seen this, you know, in you know actual racing, uh, that is not you know, cordoned off and speed limited. Yeah, <laughs> where it's like you have to be able to play the other two guys. You know, you're looking at a battle, and you're like, I can get through there, but they do not know I'm there, and I can't yeah. just stick my nose in and go, notice me, hey, notice me, because they're busy looking at each other. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. It, in hindsight, I think he would think of it as an unnecessary risk. Um, but being in a driver's seat and have been in situations like that and had them turn out like this, like I, it's hard to say you would have done anything different because you're fighting for every inch of real estate in Formula One on that first lap because uh, and the cars are way too up top, aerodependent, right. So, it, like, you can't just sit behind them. And you know, also with those guys, if you if you backed off, got the slipstream, and tried to get up, uh, around them, you're going to get pushed off to, uh, on the straightaway,
0: right? I I just. I, I am on your page, right? I agree with you, which is this is a roll of the dice. You take a roll of the dice at the start of the race, especially if your team like Alpine where every extra little bit of points like that uh can be a huge gap, you know, with yeah. the next team. I just uh, this is just the byproduct of rolling the dice, right? Yeah. Like if you don't if you don't roll the dice, you don't win, you know, you don't win races, you don't finish well. Sometimes the dice, you know, roll today, guys. The yeah. thing that hurts is that You know, Fernando Alonso is out there. He grabs P10. And we mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Fernando Alonso is, I think people at the start of the season looked at Fernando Alonso and said he's been out of F1 for two years, I think, at that point, right? Mm -hmm. And he's in his 40s. You're cited old man Fernando Alonso, really. Uh, I think we all collectively might have forgot. Yeah, old man Fernando Alonso is still Fernando Alonso. Yeah, I am.
1: I, I, Fred is always going to be one of the greatest, if not one of the greatest talents we've ever had in sport, and I think, I, th- I, I think he could have won more championships and slash should have. I there are many years where he a hundred and ten percent was the best driver there, and through unfortunate circumstances, whether it be the unreliability of the Ferrari or getting wrecked and all that stuff, a, he should have won a couple more. Mm-hmm. I think 2012 comes to mind. So, <laughs> and he it, he's a great driver through and through. And it's in like yeah, you can be out of it, but it he had already driven this style of Formula One car, and it really hasn't changed a whole hell of a lot, if not. It, they haven't added anything to the car. They've only taken stuff away. And you got to remember, Fred drove those cars when they weren't glued to the track, right? When they didn't have the, when they didn't have that instant power that they've got with the turbo hybrid. Mm-hmm. So his driving experience is so vast because he's been in the sport for so long. It's hard to ever count him out. And just the fact that he's just one of the greatest talents in motorsports in general yeah. to that anybody's ever seen and he goes to the Indy 500 he almost wins it then blows up he wins the day not the daytona uh, the- he wins the le mans 24 hour right wins sebring like come on and it, those aren't easy races to just go out there ne- having minimal experience in the car and just pecker slap everybody
0: <laughs> i appreciate the i appreciate the censorship there <laughs> uh but yeah so like you for, you forget until it's, you know, Fernando Alonso finishing P10 and Esteban Ocon taking a DNF. Alpine, they have to kind of readjust expectations. I think going in, uh, they thought, you know, Ocon's number one. I think I thought Ocon was going to be number one and Fernando's number two. Died. You're giving me a look here. I just, I, uh, he's, Fernando in a
1: lot of dire situations has always proved me wrong so I've never I, I've just learned and come to accept don't go against Fred because Fred will prove you wrong you know it's y- like
0: he's made a career about over it <laughs> you're not wrong he feels a bit like Thanos right he's like it's an inevitability yeah <laughs> like it's just yeah. alright alright right. All kid sit down. yeah
1: let the old man do his
0: work. Yeah. Let, yeah. <laughs> but Take some notes. If I'm Alpine, though, I'm starting to really look at how much AlphaTauri and Alpha Tauri and Aston Martin were in my my sights, right? Uh, Alpha Tauri sitting at 48. Aston Martin sitting at 44. Now Alpine sitting at 32. And I look at Esteban and I go, I just signed you to a massive contract. I don't care what you got to do. You have to start finishing around Fernando. Yeah. Be- because we can't have— too many one point races. If we're going to catch up, we need two point races. When guys, you know, like Yuki Tsunoda, are going to finish P twelve.
1: Yeah, I I don't know if I entirely agreed with that contract signing. I thought for sure they should have waited. Mm-hmm. N- uh, number two, I mean, hell, Pierre Gasly, and the guy's on fire. Gasly
0: needs to get. And he's Can on he, fire, and you could literally be like, hey, you pay me a hundred dollars a race. All right. I will drive. <laughs> and he will and he will drive because he wants out of the Red Bull system. He has to, just he, so desperately. Well, there's no way he can stay in it. I mean the problem is is Cheko's
1: showing up. Yeah. Which Chaco's doing great. There's yeah. no reason why you should take him out of that spot. Max is otherworldly. So where the hell is he gonna go? And you can't keep him in that Red Bull junior spot and they've got more drivers coming up through the ranks, and it's just They're
0: they're doing what I do. When, like, I'm playing, like, FIFA and I'm playing, like, ma- like the manager mode or the franchise mode, right? Where I'm like, like, okay, invest everything in the youth academy and then you get, like, man, this guy's going to be a 99 overall and this guy's going to be a 99 overall and this guy's going to be a 99 overall and they're, like, all, like, 14 or 15 and they're all goalkeepers so I can only have one of them, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, they have this natural roadblock and I... You gotta get rid of Pierre Gasly. That's a good point. I didn't. And it's not that Pierre isn't bad. It's not that Pierre is bad. It's that he's too he's, good to he's be there. Too good, exactly. You know, he
1: is way too good, and I can't see him ever going to. Like, I think honestly, a perfect spot for him would either be Alpine or Aston
0: Martin. Alpine? Can you imagine the French driver in the French Alpine? The the PR money?
1: I, I thought honestly, I thought. Fernando was going to... If it wasn't going to go well for Fernando this year, he'd retire back away from Formula 1 and, oh my God, the money of two French drivers in an Alpine French car. I thought that was going to be gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't look like it's going to turn out that way. No. I, 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 once the season started going on, I was like, oh, sorry, estimate, but you're you're not showing that pace that you had in the Force Indias.
0: I, I don't... Yeah, you know, he was good in the Force Indias. But I don't know if I've ever been straight up. Oh, wow, he's a talent with Esteban Ocon.
1: I, he, I I he had spurts. It's kind of like Ralph Schumacher. You like Ralph Schumacher had spurts where he just looked incredible. And then there was the other 75% of the time he was on track.
0: Yeah, he's he's a bit to me like watching um I'm just I'm looking at this maybe a better Antonio Giovinazzi. We're like Antonio Giovinazzi. I watch him, and I'm like, I'm like, well, he doesn't suck. But like, have you ever looked at an Antonio Giovinazzi highlight? First off, I know that answer is no. But two, I have. Yes, I actually have. Okay, well, consider yourself one of one. But you've ever you ever watched an Antonio Giovinazzi highlight and been like, whoa, what a move? No, yeah,
1: I've been whoa, what a
0: crash. Okay, that doesn't count as a highlight. That's a I little know. light.
1: <laughs> um, but no, I like the way, like when Antonio first got onto the scene with when it was back in Salber and the ugly blue cars um, it, that hid all of the cool nits and tricks that a Formula One has or that a Formula One car has. Um, I thought like you know what, man, he's 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 not so bad. I I didn't know exactly who he was before then. That was the only time I really took a look into him. Yeah. Um, and I thought, hey, being around Kimmy, maybe he is going to turn good because Kimmy is great. And Kimmy, like, yeah, he's all now he's in the career. He's like, I'm just going to try hard enough that they sign me. And then I get my vodka and then I go It's home. He's more of a hobby. It is
0: more of a hobby.
1: <laughs> I have to get to Robin and the car.
0: <laughs> But, yeah, it's like Antonio Giovinazzi, P14, as we kind of make our way up the grid here, uh, just doesn't impress me he's kind of just even keeled and he's there i'm feeling that is the long term way i'm going to start feeling about esteban o'con at yep. this point because and you don't the one thing you don't want to do uh you know alpha romeo gets away with it because they have a trash car like objectively it's one of the worst yeah. cars in the world the one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to lock yourself in the long term mediocrity right yeah. you want to, to lock yourself into short term badness and only long-term if you know you got something. Yeah. And locking Esamon Ocon for three years following this year seems to me to be a—not that they can't get out of it. <laughs> contracts I, we've are,
1: learned very—in uh, the last few years, the contracts don't mean anything. Yeah, you could shred it. One.
0: But it just seems to me you've locked yourself into a long period of, well, he's there. Yeah. You know. Uh, as we move up, uh, we talked a little bit about Fernando Alonso. He grabs a P10. Um Let's address this P ten because I don't dislike Fernando Alonso. I don't either. I, I I dislike the fact that Drama seems to follow him everywhere. And drama seemed to follow him here because he comes up on in his words, he comes up on P ten. Alpine's like, this next pass is for points. This next car is for points. And it gets into my and it gets into my field of view. And I go to myself, oh, not anybody but George. Not George. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, and it, it's one of the few moments in a Formula One car you'll ever see Fernando show any any hearts a, <laughs> yeah. about passing somebody because he's just always been so ruthless on track, and I love that about him. I've always loved his racing style, and I love his uh, just the way he drives the car is gorgeous too. Yeah, but. Man, why? Why? George. <laughs> why George? Why? I, I was I was cheering so hard for him to get those points, and it just I was like, it's Fernando. He's not, it's not gonna happen. He can't. It, it could be Fernando could be 50, and there's
0: nothing George can do about it. <laughs> you ever see the the meme of like the crying guy holding a gun? <laughs> That's how Fernando's like, I'm sorry, I gotta do this to you. I'm <laughs> sorry, George. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me tell you about the rabbits. <laughs> yeah. But, that, like, to come at the expense, It that, by the way, that quote is from Fernando Alonso. He said, yeah. like, why anybody but George, which is a great vote of, like, I think the whole grid in Formula One is rooting for them to be able to do this. <sighs> because I think I don't think there's any question even among the drivers there that George is among the most talented of anybody in the field.
1: I would agree. I really 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 would love to see him take it to Lewis because I think hey, there's a few drivers on this uh, on this grid that I think are future world champions. Charles, Carlos, Max, George and possibly Pierre if he ever gotten a good car.
0: Possibly, but I think that if Pierre gets in a good— I think Lando's
1: got more of a shot than Pierre. Yeah, I was going to
0: say, Pierre's good, but my gut feeling right now, the way that Lando's performing, is that if you put Pierre in a top-tier seat, he's going to have a top-tier teammate like Lando, and Lando beats Pierre. That's my gut feeling. I, I, I don't know if I'd support that but, but maybe not specifically Lando, but if he has a top-tier if teammate. It was,
1: if he was up there with Charles or I, – I, we know how it ha, how it worked out with Max, but if he was up there with Charles or Carlos, I just – I am Pierre's blindingly quick, a pretty good passer, but I, uh, and Carlos has gotten – I've got a special place in my heart for that man. He, <laughs> he puts some of the best – I love a driver who can make the ballsy moves in just – lay it out there and say hey i am the man right now and you're gonna feel stupid after this move Mm -hmm. and that like that's a special place in my heart that's why i'm a huge danny rick fan because he's always king of the late breakers right
0: um we'll get into danny rick later by the way but george i think every you know like we're getting back to george everybody acknowledges like this man one of the best you put him in a capable car he's wdc material Oh God! Yeah,
1: like, I, I, uh, we saw him last year when he subbed in for Lewis, I and mean, he just he, he should have won it.
0: He should have won, <laughs> won it. It was, it was like not only should he have won it, he ran away with that race, and then when he was forced to, made redonkulous moves that, like, you're like, what in the world? Valteri can't incredible. do that. No,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like a situation get in with George is. Oh, God, are we going to have a Nico, a a Rosberg Hamilton fight again? The only difference is George is a hell of a lot younger and a hell of a lot hungrier.
0: And Mercedes, we all know Mercedes learned that lesson in 2016 and they learned it hard. They didn't just learn that lesson. They have, like, they wake up to, like, nightmares about that lesson,
1: right? I swear, Toto just wakes up screaming and wakes up his wife. No,
0: why would you do that? (laughs) We're going to go one, two in Spain.
1: I, I, I'm pretty sure you can't say Spain without having a bit of a, a triggering moment for him.
0: <laughs> he just like starts twitching, but uh, but George though, like to watch him put that lap down. He did on the, on the Saturday, right? Getting back to George, yes, that lap on Saturday. First off, gets into Q three point double o six, right? So six yeah. thousandths, quick enough to get make the cutoff, and then slots in to position nine following uh qu- the third round of qualifications ahead of lance stroll like that was something special and not only was it a special moment for george it was obviously a special moment for williams who have had over the last what you know one two three ish years uh some of if not maybe the worst grand prix car ever assembled in the modern age yes right like there's no ifs ands or buts if it's not the worst it's up there uh, yeah. those 2019 cars were just atrocious they were um So for Williams to take that step up, for George to take that step up, it was a very kind of lovely moment. But then all of a sudden, he tries like hell to defend. He tries like hell to hang on to nine. He wants points, never had points. But he has this pre-race glitch, and it just all sort of goes downhill. And and I have to wonder how many years of heartbreak he has to endure. Hopefully, I think for fans uh, this year— I can't imagine the performance Valtteri is having that George doesn't move up.
1: Yeah, and Mercedes is stuck between a rock and a hard place right now because Valtteri, and other than this race, Valtteri has not been performing. No. And they need to have somebody who can perform because they cannot have Red Bull beating them in both championships like they are. Well,
0: one of the strengths of their... you know, million and a half championships was that if Lewis doesn't win, Valteri's good enough to win. Yeah, and even if Lewis wins, Valteri is you know thirty seconds behind him playing defense and you know standing over the six-year-old swatting the ball out yeah. of his hand. Right? Like, no, uh, no, close enough. No, yeah. no, <laughs> he, he's he's like uh, Dikembe Mutombo, like playing defense against like a six-year-old yeah. taking a free throw. I was like,
1: oh, not today no <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite just smacking the ball around the pole.
0: Right? Like he's like, no, nope, nope, I'm I'm but where are they getting beat now? Well, obviously Max is beating Lewis, but where the prime area to me where they're getting beat in the, in the constructors championship is Sergio Checo Perez is just that much better than Valtteri Botas right now. That's the primary reason for the gap. And he
1: learned a car like granted the Red Bulls uh, absolutely stuck to the ground, but he learned a whole new kind of car, a car with high rake, Lots of downforce, something he hasn't had in years. I know the probably the closest car he's ever had to ha- uh, to being uh, stuck to the ground like this was back when he drove for McLaren, I, and the that was one of the things with the Force India and the well. Uh, racing point was that it just w- it couldn't stay stuck to the ground to save its life
0: just do what we do and say force india point racing Martin.
1: okay <laughs> okay <laughs> that's a lot that's a lot to remember force my br- point. My brain, i've inhaled too many too uh, too much two cycle fuel i uh, my brain's a little shot <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Used to play I guitar. i don't know if it's all the two <laughs> the stroke fuel or if there's a little something going up there but <laughs> oh oh <laughs> <laughs> but you know george you just have to wonder as we continue up the grid you have to wonder like how much longer it's gonna go I just I can't it,
1: see it lasting longer than you're sure yeah
0: I can't, he's if if Mercedes doesn't do something they're gonna you know kind of screw the pooch and he's gonna jump ship and go you know who else would like me um well here's a problem is uh, Red Bull If Mercedes doesn't Red Bull mcLaren and Ferrari all have their seats figured out for the foreseeable future but he's gonna he's gonna be like you know what screw you guys I'm going to alpine or something just anywhere that's not williams (laughs) i don't know he might he might go
1: back to williams because hey that'd be that'd be a place i would probably accept him they uh, nicholas could use the uh, could use the tutelage and like you can't say valtteri's a bad driver valtteri did very well in that williams when it wasn't a winning car and he's done well in in the Mercedes. He's had his spurts of We call
0: him the ultimate wingman. If there's one guy in the Formula 1 grid you want to take to a bar to pick up that chick, it's Valtteri Bottas because he the, he will sacrifice life and limb to make sure that you win the race. Baby. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's and I think that would I think putting him uh, honestly if they did a driver swap him season they'd probably win the constructors.
0: Mm. Mm, But they're not going to do it though because they're not Red Bull. They have standards. They have have
1: damn standards.
0: Uh, (laughs) Movie. Sorry, sorry, helmet. (laughs) Oh come on! There's no need to apologize to everybody's favorite man named after a piece of safety equipment. Yeah, well, helmet, Marco. Uh moving up the grid. Uh P7 I have highlighted Daniel Ricardo in the McLaren. He qualifies P13 and I think everybody when we saw that was like, "Oh, you know, here we go, back on the Ricardo pendulum, back to Trashville, right?" Yeah. Um no, actually recovery from P13 to P7. P7, I know Lando put it on the podium. I know. P seven is about where that McLaren car belongs. Any given week,
1: yeah, the, I the think, number
0: two McLaren does.
1: I just think this this track also is very much a uh, is very much Lando's place. Yeah. He's always done well here. It's nobody
0: can forget last year the brilliant lap he set oh gosh, to get a podium. Yeah,
1: yeah, I and mean, he's just I mean, this is Lando's place, and I think. Danny showing a bit more, it, like, Danny's racecraft's always been great. It's never been in question. And up until this year, his qualifying had always been good, too. Uh-huh. I just don't, I, I don't know what's going on with that car. It's we, it's something that it, we kind of alluded to it a bit in the, sh- in the pre-show.
0: Right. We were talking off, off mic. Um, but... I think the thing is, is it's he's struggling in an area that's similar to how Jimmy Johnson is struggling in IndyCar. And I know I can hear you keyboard warriors, you know, all Jimmy Johnson. Right. I hear you. I hear you. But Jimmy Johnson is very public. And actually, I really do like this about him. Like I very much respect him. If you go onto his YouTube channel, he will tell you why he's struggling in IndyCar. Yeah. Not only does he say he's struggling, he will tell you why. Because after years and years and years of driving stock cars and nascars around um road courses after he he had this trouble in the in the uh, 24 Daytona too. Stock cars require let's say 100 feet to brake. Indy cars in that to decelerate from a faster speed require 50. 50? F- yeah. Maybe, right? Yeah. So he is An old man. He's you know wizened, shall we say. He has trouble putting the trust in the Indy car to slow down and huck himself around a corner at the G's that they sustain, because his brain goes literally that car you drove for literally half your life at this point.
1: More than half. More than
0: half your life at this point cannot and will not survive this. Now the other part of his brain is going, but this one can. But he he can't fight that instinct. He can't trust the car. I think, similarly, Daniel Ricciardo can't trust the McLaren. At this point, he's adaptable. But he drove a Renault that, for a while, I think it's no secret, the Renault was maybe not— The Renault doesn't strike me as a particularly well-constructed car.
1: uh, Not well-engineered. I think it's just— the The car just didn't have the downforce it mm-hmm. needed. It definitely didn't have the motor it needed. There was a lot of there was a lot of stuff with the Renault that, de- like, you couldn't you couldn't put an average driver in that car and do as well as Danny did with right. It.
0: So he's trusted the Renault, right? And he knows the limits of the Renault. God knows he knows the limits of the Renault. You it's probably
1: put, scared the crap out of himself in right. the Renault.
0: <laughs> you put him in the McLaren, and his brain goes goes, whoa, 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 you're going to spin this, Renault, doing, going around the corner at this oh, speed. wait, I've got, I've got. But I'm not in I've a, I've got, ri- I've got grip, what, right? what, what the, <laughs> the hell? What am I doing? What do I do with this? Because what, what are they doing? They're telling, McLaren's telling Daniel Ricciardo to break later. Yeah. Right? Which
1: is very weird to say because he's the king of the late breakers. Right. I and mean, that's what, what he's known for is what he's struggling with right now, which like uh, it's, I don't like it when people go and jump all over Danny's back. And it's not because he's one of my favorite drivers. It's because it's very hard as a driver to be able to jump from team to team, and he's done well in the past. But it's really, really hard to jump from philosophy to a uh, – from philosophies. That's where – that's and that's why a lot of carters don't make it in cars. It's a whole different kind of braking philosophy. Right. In karting, you hit the brake, you hold it a little bit, and then you get off. In a cars, it is a extremely hard jab, especially the arrow cars. It is an extremely hard jab of the brake, and then you let off and let the down and let the arrow do the work to slow you down. And trusting that it'll do that is sometimes too much for a lot of young drivers. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of them will just be like, "Screw it, I'm going to do it anyway." And they, I'm going to do it late, and then they go a little too late and they total a car. Well, there goes my season budget. Or they're just too afraid of it, and they will and they'll break like it's a go kart, spin out the car. Oh, there goes my season budget.
0: Right. It's so it's jumping philosophy to philosophy. Yes. Uh, like you said, like jumping from carts to cars it is where Danny is learning to adjust. And yeah. And I mean, if memory serves me right. Is that not also he didn't do so hot to start off with it? Renault. No, he didn't. It took him.
1: A, it took him about a half season before he really got a handle on that huh, car because
0: he jumped from Adrian Newey's extremely well-engineered Red Bull. Yeah. Huh, to. to Maybe, let's say, slightly more questionably engineered Renault. I don't think it's a piece of turd like the Hawks is. It's just that Renault Alpine never has struck me as, like, a piece of engineering brilliance, shall we say. Um, Right? So he swaps from philosophy for philosophy, and he has half a season to adjust. Oh, wow. Well, would you look at it, Ryan? I think we're quickly approaching the halfway point in the season, and... I, I, I don't His know. Race pace is getting a lot better. 13 uh, yeah. to seven seems to indicate a pretty good progression. No. Yeah. And I,
1: yeah, I, I, I think, <laughs> I don't think we'll be, if they keep them on for next year, this is where Pato award comes into play because you're having a stellar driver. in that. I just,
0: career. I just don't know if I'm McLaren if I put that in there, uh, because you could have, you have Lando, who is, you know, possible driver's championship material, the way he's performing now. Yeah. If have, he keeps this going and yeah.
1: McLaren gets the car to they a could, Red Bull status like they
0: have been known to in the past. they could. I, here's why I don't think they're going to do it, though, because you could be looking at McLaren, Zach Brown literally licking his chops going, mm, yes, an IndyCar and Formula One title because they have the driver to do it and both teams are on their trajectory to. do oh, it. Oh gosh
1: yeah I, mean, I think I, I think I would agree that Danny's probably gonna keep this seat for another year and I think he'll at the end of the season he will prove why he needs to be there right um, And I, yeah I and mean, Pato ne- I think Patricio is gonna probably do a uh, Montoya. And go win a championship and then bolt over to Formula One. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's very on par for it, it like. It would be too perfect because he drives like Juan. Juan's his driver coach, and he's going
0: (laughs) to have a career like Juan. It it only makes sense. By the way, Pato Award uh, started in P-20, finishes in P-8. We'll get to him later. Yes. But uh, (laughs) we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on the other side. Coming up next, Checo Perez, Lewis Hamilton, Lando Norris, Valtteri Bottas. That's next on The Formation Lap from the 101 ESPN Studios.
1: The Formation Lap with Luke and Tim. The Formation Lab.
0: We're back with The Formation Lab from the 101 ESPN Studios recorded live at at the time that we're recording. Not when you're listening to it, but you get it. Moving on, Ryan. It feels nice because the front end of the field was outside of Max. Max just, he... he,
1: Checked out. And he, didn't even send a letter back. He
0: turned he did that what we, dirty bastard. He did he did what we call a Hamilton, right? He yeah. Hamilton the field, which is yeah. uh, lights out, away we go, and Lewis Hamilton will lead every lap of the bleeping, bleeping Grand Prix. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what Max did. That's honestly why I'm rooting for Hamilton at this point, is because I like Did you not hear us explain why we're rooting Hamilton this year?
1: I did, but I thought you were joking.
0: No, no. (laughs) I think I won as a sports historian. I think there's value in having one absurd Wayne Gretzky-esque stat. And Mercedes won every year of an entire regulation era is a Wayne Gretzky kind of stat. Like Wayne Gretzky Gretzky stats are ones that you're like, hey, do you know Wayne Gretzky has more goals than anybody else has points Hey, did you know that Wayne Gretzky is the highest-scoring the highest scoring pair of brothers in NHL history because his brother Brent played three games and got one goal? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a Wayne Gretzky stat. So I like Wayne Gretzky stats, and I want Mercedes to have one Wayne Gretzky stat because nobody else really has. A, like, that, that to me to be able to say, yeah, dude, Mercedes won every year of an era of Formula One. <laughs> like... That and and at this point, all verstappen's doing is being Lewis without physically being named Lewis.
1: Yeah, but this is also the Austria ring. Like it's it's the it's like the perfect track for Red Bull. Almost it's like the, they
0: own it or something. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's weird. It's like they have a bowl in the front of the freaking track. <laughs> um, but no, I like I don't know. It's I just have a tough time. I, I love uh, I love how talented Lewis is. I've said this before, but I love how talented lewis is lewis is and he's just kind of turned into a michael schumacher for me where he's won so much and like when stuff doesn't go right he complains so much and it's like i agree
0: i think too though on the part of the fan when people really start to win that's when you nitpick and yeah. find reasons not to root for him, right? Because if I was objectively weighing the reasons I dislike Max Verstappen versus the reasons I dislike Lewis Hamilton, I would dislike Max Verstappen a whole lot more than I do.
1: I, for me, they'd be 50-50.
0: Right. But the thing is though is it's not 50-50 for any of us. Why? Because Lewis Hamilton's won a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but it's 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 a bit like it's a bit like I how did... people hate Tom Brady and it's like, okay, but you could be nitpicky about how he's like a health nut and like a crazy and got caught with deflating footballs which everybody did but the main yeah. reason that you f- God, focus you're the only
1: person who's agreed with that the
0: main <laughs> reason you focus in on that though is because he won a lot if it was jared goff doing that quarterback for the los angeles rams yeah, oh tough shucks yeah. Right, like th- at the end of the day, he broke the rules. I get that, but like you know, th- there's a reason you there's a reason we zero in on the fact that oh, Lewis Hamilton, y- you know, he's kind of a hipster.
1: I, <laughs> I see. I don't nitpick that stuff. What I nitpick is when he tears apart his crew members, and like from a driver's standpoint, mm. that's hard for me to understand.
0: How do it, you feel about how do you feel about Kimi Räikkönen? Then
1: I don't like it when Kimi does it.
0: Okay, that's the fair. Only
1: the only it's like. I, because like, you
0: do see people who are like, "Oh, Kimi Räikkönen, what a what a great guy!" And it's like, okay, I don't,
1: I've never, I've but, never claimed that Kimi is a great guy. I've just, I've loved him in the what? sport because he's funny and he's he's good. He or he was good, but like, I just, I've never been a fan of somebody ripping apart their teams like that. Because mm-hmm. from my perspective, those guys will work. Like And I've been on both sides. I've been the mechanic on a car. I've been an engineer on a car. And I've been the driver majority of the time I've been at the track. They're basically seven days a week, more than eight hours a day. And they will pull five all-nighters to make damn sure you are on track and make sure you are living your dream. I don't understand. Yes, be frustrated. Don't be frustrated at them. And don't badmouth them when you know it is going to be put live. You know that morale destroys teams like that. Valtteri's nut got welded onto his freaking car. He didn't bitch out the team. Like, that's that's the problem I have. And I will go in that. Which, by the way, going the other driver. way,
0: too, uh, Toto is not exactly helping that when his nut got welded onto his car by blaming Valtteri either. I want to no, throw that out. That was ridiculous. He's two inches off. You're driving an F one car into a pit stop, dude. Two inches is within the margin of error. Oh my gosh. And plus your guys should know
1: whether or not, should be able to withstand two inches. That's and it's, yeah, like, it's oh,
0: insignificant. Well, I don't mean to bring this up again because I Monaco. It's so many weeks back. But like seriously, yeah. like did you see Lance Stroll launch his teammate yeah. <laughs> like five feet and and they still made the pit stop? Yeah. Because, well, it happens in IndyCar all the time? Why can IndyCar guys do it? Like the, Yeah. <laughs> the IndyCar can have five guys over, Takuma Sato basically breaks a guy's leg in Texas and the stop gets done. Yeah. No, it was a mecha- it was like literally just a mechanical error. It just say that. It was a fluke. That. It's yeah.
1: not the end of the world. did you say that?
0: <laughs> and but, like, anyway.
1: but he but like he'll just go after him for for being uh, for being second to Max. Like, "Oh, we got to do better. This is not my this is your guys Or being second them. to
0: Lewis, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: like Mag- Max never complained about that to his team when he would finish second to you, even though he was right on top of you. Yeah. He knew like in even the races he lost at the beginning of the season where he could have been there if he didn't have to deal with, uh, with Valtteri mm-hmm. because Checo could have covered yeah. off Valtteri.
0: As we move to Lewis, all right, because we're going to skip over Cer- Checo and we're going to talk about him in addition to another driver kind of at the same time. Okay. But because we're on lewis he finishes p4 all right he apparently took some damage on a curve that curb that was about half a second per lap i think is what mercedes guesstimated the damage was that could just be mercedes protecting lewis because half a second per lap is a little ridiculous anyway um although again uh don't don't tell ryan i've said this but the curbs at austria are ridiculous themselves though, so to be fair, <laughs> I, I agree with you. Doug. <laughs> like, like it, like it sounds like a like a CYA cover your ass, but also like the curbs at Austria can legitimately do that.
1: Oh yeah, I, I don't I don't like sausage curbs after um, I kind of uh, Peroni launched his car at yeah. at Monza. I don't understand why any tracks had
0: him. I just I don't hate him in Austria because Austria is still to me. Like the last one of the last bastions of old school, you go an inch off and you're boned tracks. Yeah, and I like that about it. But Lewis Hamilton, okay, seems to have forgotten. I I think part of his thing is he's forgotten how to lose, and that's not a statement against him. It's just he's been so dominant for forever that like. I'm finishing fourth? What is this? Yeah. Because you could tell his entire demeanor's changed. Yeah. Because when he would not f- win previously, it was like, oh, you know, d- d- Max is a great racer. Yeah. It, he seems to have changed his demeanor, and I think it's because he hasn't been in this situation in the better part of a decade.
1: I mean, the last time he was in this situation was with his teammate, who they definitely did not like each other. And they the didn't like each other then, but
0: Mercedes was still winning, so he was not yeah. feeling the individual pressure that he feels no. now.
1: And the last time he did this was this uh, last time he was in a scenario where he was fighting another team legitimately for a. Cha- I'm not counting the Ferrari years with Seb. Like, yeah, it was close, but it wasn't passing Glock on the last uh, on the last lap on the last corner to right. win a championship that's another level of stress. And yeah, that's been over a decade ago that is since that happened, but I understand the
0: stresses of it. But it I don't know. I just I, I, this weekend was not a strong showing. I have a I have a stat written down here. Since he won in Spain, he has two podiums. Yeah. That is a very unhamilton-like stat. Statistically Hamilton, I think Hamilton wins 40% coming into this year. I think it was like 40% of races he's entered. He's won. Yeah. I think thereabouts. Don't quote me on that, but thereabouts, Um, which is (laughs) ridiculous. But two, not wins, two podiums in five races is ridiculously on Hamilton. And he can still pull it off, but I'm on the team that thinks for the first time in a very long time, I don't think he can. Like, he can in theory, but I don't think the way Mercedes is right now, and I don't think the way he is right now, I just don't think it's going to happen because he's in his own head. Mercedes doesn't want to improve the car. He he is processing things differently than when he went, got on the back foot against, like, a Ferrari.
1: I'm just terrified what he's going to be like next year, having the fire lit under his butt again. Dry,
0: dude. In and remember, too, next year's cars are built specifically to follow closer, pass easier, and bunch the field up more. Yep. And he's going to be pissed and driving angry. Yep. yep. Welcome to. Wh- I don't think
1: it's <laughs> going to. I don't I, like. I don't. I, I know what some people are going to be like. Oh, it's going to be Crash Fest. No, I just think Lewis is going to show his old GP2 race craft where he literally got spun by his teammate at the beginning of the race, was 30 seconds back, and caught. The leader and passed him with two laps to go. Yeah, that's, and it was a sprint race. Yeah, like that's the kind of Lewis that, like, if anybody ever says that, it,
0: uh, says that he's not talented, you're, I don't know what you're smoking, and I don't want it. Yeah, I, I, I just, I just this year though, I think in order to be great, not unlike Tom Brady during his final year in in New England, right? To in order to be great and to sustain greatness, every once in a while, you have to relearn how to lose. Yep. Because greatness begets laziness. Yep. Right? And not that they are lazy, but you don't if you're winning and winning and winning and Complacent. winning at a cer- right at a certain point you for, you know, you don't have you're not optimized. Yeah. Um so Lewis Hamilton finishes P4. Uh, he had curb damage, that's one thing. Checo Perez and Lando Norris are to me the two big stories. Uh a big stories outside of Valtteri Botas. Let's get it. Let's do Bottas real quick, um, because we're talking about Mercedes right now. It, I just aborted yeah. the transition here. Mercedes, I can tell you they're desperate right now. If you couldn't have already told, why? Because they radio over to Valtteri Bottas, "You are free to race Lewis. You're free to race Lewis." And Valtteri Botas takes home a spectacular P2. By the way, is that is a change in Mercedes? When's the last time that they basically said, you know? Hey, yeah, no, you're, you take this. You go, go, go. It's because it's they're desperate time. for points. Yeah, they're they desperate are. for points. Well, they need them. I mean, I, they, I've obviously, yeah, like what, uh, that's, I'm trying to do math. I'm trying to do math 18, 20, another 32. Yeah, right there. They lost, they still lost this race uh, 30 points to 34. <laughs> they need them. Because mm-hmm. even when Valtteri's is taking on P two and Land and Lewis is doing Lewis, you know, things in P four, um, Checo Perez is close enough to close that gap, and they're and feeling honestly, that he,
1: And honestly, that points gap would have been it would have been greater if Checo hadn't have gotten the penalty.
0: But which one?
1: <laughs> well, I I've got an opinion on both of them.
0: Okay, but- because I'm, I have a feeling we might share opinions, but it did. All I wanted to hit on though was Merck is desperate, and that is yeah. that feel free to race Lewis is a sign of desperation for yeah. Merck. They know it. Let's talk about these penalties because Lando Norris, uh your driver of the day, finishes P three. Uh just a phenomenal podium from him, phenomenal weekend from him. He's kicked into an extra gear might have finished p2 had he not been forced to take a five second time penalty because going into turn three which we will kind of break down turn three in a second here he punts checo perez out into uh the oblivion. sand trend. right uh checo perez is battling with i think it was charles leclerc both times yes uh and punts charles leclerc not once but twice into oblivion getting two separate five second time penalties this was a penalty-infested race. Yes, you want to say something about these penalties? I do.
1: Um, the Lando Norris one on Sergio. From my perspective, Sergio was far enough alongside of him and led him to apex. I felt like that would have been a bit more courteous to give him a little bit extra room. Um, now, as for the uh, the Charles incident, this <laughs> yeah ins um i want to bring it back to the uh, to the battle between fred and george Uh uh-huh when fernando was in the same exact spot same length up alongside george and he knew that he wasn't quite far enough and he knew george was going to push him out Mm -hmm. he backed off it's all about knowing who you're racing you know Checo needs points and you know he's he's his team is racing for a championship yeah and yeah you're racing for your own championship points but you know he's gonna have to take mm-hmm. those extra bits of risk to be able to justify him staying there another year he only has one year yeah. contract and Char- and Fernando backed out and I and my feel on both especially the second one. Charles should have. He was nowhere near far enough. He did not have any business keeping his nose out.
0: There. One of the things that changed kind of the way that I do, even like the small stuff I do. and one of the things I know you know you probably think of too, I don't think I've ever said this specifically to you, but you can echo this, is if you're fast enough to pass a guy, you know, if you're fast enough to tr- put a move on a guy going into turn one, That means that you're fast enough to probably also do it in turn two or on the back stretch or on the front stretch or in turn one again on the next lap, right? Because your car doesn't suddenly get faster for these 15 seconds and let's go, 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 go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So don't, you know, bin it when it's I can make the move here, but that's dangerous. Let's make the move here 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 or here right yep. there's wisdom and you saw that with what Fernando did he stepped out why because he knew yeah I could get him here but look there's three laps left in the way Austria is set up I have three consecutive straights I can do it on and then uh you know one two three you know or corners I, to overtake him in
1: or if I back out here he over if I back out here I can cross underneath him right like, and then if he's still alongside me mm-hmm. going into the uh, going into the next left-hander, yeah. then I can back out again mm-hmm. in a slower corner where he's able to control it more and duck under yeah. the inside and be on the inside for the second left-hander.
0: Exactly. If I'm faster than you, I'm going to be faster than you in two corners time anyway. A
1: big issue, I've even found this um, – Coaching for uh, coaching and karting is a lot of drivers aren't looking corners ahead when they're move when they're making moves. Mm-hmm. They're looking at their circumstance at that moment, and it, it, it even goes into road to Indy. They aren't thinking about where am I going to be at the end of this corner. I'm just going to try to get by him right now. Where am I, where am I going to be setting up for the next corner? Yeah, you can make a move in madness at Middle Ohio, but they'll just throw it underneath you on the inside. If they or if they have the balls to stick it out there, or if you're trying to pass on the outside of madness, you've got a you're way offline and that track the track falls off. There's no there's nothing to be gained there, and uh, it's and it, it you and you got zero
0: some some game. The second you gain, you're gonna lose. A
1: lot of drivers, even in Formula One and IndyCar right now, they need to learn how to risk manage, and it's something. It's more the younger generation that hasn't quite figured that out.
0: But I think that is something, though, that comes with experience.
1: You would think... Yes, it does come with experience, but, like... I mean, Charles has been in the sport for a while now. He's been in it for three, four years. Mm -hmm. It's long enough, and he's been racing in the mid-pack. He knows how that stuff's going to go down. And he knows if he was racing against Lewis, Lewis would throw him off in a heartbeat. Yeah. And he knows if he was racing against Carlos... If Carlos was in a different car, Carlos is gonna take his nose right off because Carlos doesn't care. Carlos wants his Carlos is gonna defend like he should.
0: So, so you have to you have to do the mental math, as I say, yeah. often on yeah. this show, right? You have to do the mental math. Um I think too, to me, the time penalties, the amount of time penalties were given were a little ridiculous, but I think the I nature of the corner just lends itself to that it is a downhill corner so you you crest over the corner you you on the brakes sharp right opening left as you continue to dip right like a bobsled run in the middle of you know austria right that opening naturally swings the car out wide yes so if you're not aware that there's a guy on the outside he's naturally going to go there and two if you're on, you know, if you're ahead, you're entitled to the racing line, right? Yeah. Well, the racing line is the line that slams the door and shoves a guy out into the yeah. sand trap.
1: Yeah.
0: I just, I think you can't,
1: you can't expect Sergio to just all of a sudden be like, oh, well, I'm going to give him room. Mm-hmm. I got to think about where he's going to be.
0: Yeah. Especially
1: when he's not alongside him. Mm-hmm. Like he was alongside of him going in, but then fell back at apex and then was even farther back as they got as they got farther through the corner and sergio was like oh he was smart he backed out yep. that's probably what's going mm-hmm. through sergio's mind and then sergio gets a thud and he's like
0: oh. "Well, and, and that's one of those things too like you you you're sitting there and like i i, I realize the armchair race directors the armchair michael Masseys will go yeah but you know checo shouldn't have gotten away gotten away with that when he when you know another driver wrecked as a result right but if you just stop giving five second time penalties to checo drivers are going to have to learn pretty soon the outside line there is not a place where you can just immediately grab a guy especially if there's no like in incidents like that where there's no contact it's one thing if you know you you pull a lewis and just basically pit maneuver alex albon right that's a different situation but here just guiding the guy to the outside. Well, that's the nature of that corner and the way it's constructed. Yeah,
1: yeah, that, I totally agree. So, in the second, uh, the second left-hander, uh, the left-hander after that, where he where he got, gained the second one, that one pissed me off a little bit because that and Charles should have known he had no business being out there. I yeah. know he's trying to gain gain points. I know he's trying to uh, catch Danny and pass Danny, but he had no business sticking his nose out there.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna do uh I want to hear you I haven't heard you grade one yet so we do typical school grading rules, right okay. uh, I am going to give the Austrian GP, the 2021 Austrian GP a B plus.
1: you took the words out of my mouth.
0: Okay all yes. right because let, let me break this down. A races to me usually have a fight for the lead. almost always dare I say they have a fight for the lead. Yeah. Even the A minuses. It was a good race. Um however, that wasn't when I say an A plus race, I think of Italy twenty twenty. Yep. Right? I that's like, one of the best races I've ever seen, yeah. right? What in the world? I think of, uh, you know, an A+, I think of this year's Indy 500. And, like, <laughs> what's going on, right? It had chaos. This race had chaos. Did not have that level of chaos. And dare I say, it's not just one step down, not just two steps down. In a large scale, it's three steps down. Yeah. B-plus is above average.
1: Yes. <laughs> I, w- I would agree. It was above average race. I really enjoyed watching it. Um. It's, I just, I don't, I don't tend to stay as interested in races when you, the leader only gets five minutes of (laughs) airtime.
0: The leader, the leader, Hamilton's the the field.
1: I, yeah. And like, granted, I'm glad I kept watching and I was in, and I was interested in the battles that happened in the, uh, throughout the field and the controversy with Valtteri having to go by Lewis or else Lando was going to take them both. Right. Um. But it, it was a good race. It was a good race. It was enjoyable to watch. I think the penalties tainted it, and I don't think they were necessarily
0: needed. I would agree as well. Let's shift. Let's shift without a clutch here to IndyCar. Okay. All right. We don't have. We're we're, we're late on the episode right now, so we're gonna go through the the Honda Indy 200 at Mid Ohio. I have a couple guys I want to hit here. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've we've dissected the Austria GP and. To me personally, I think the Austrian GP was more interesting in the two races. This, uh, although both of them had, both of them were very similar. Whereas, like, who's winning? Oh, well, it's going to be Joseph Newgarden unless something happens. Finally, (laughs) poor guy's been through a lot. (laughs) He really has, which sucks because he's such he's a very nice guy. I've met him a couple times. I. sure you're familiar in oh, circles yeah. with him very nice guy uh also finally pinsky one <laughs> wins one oh poor pinsky a moment of silence okay that's enough um, <laughs> but yeah joseph newgarden uh, completes 80 laps uh he's now number 4 in the standings at 315 points um he wins uh by 0.87 seconds i think the the, the beauty of this race and I know I mentioned it, I think maybe the Indy was slightly better because Marcus Erickson got a run on Joseph Newgarden. If that was the Honda Indy 205 at Mid-Ohio, Marcus Erickson is a repeat winner. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, you've driven Mid-Ohio just like quickly. How How is it to drive? Because visually it looks one of like one of the most fun courses I've ever seen.
1: It's a roller coaster. <laughs> it is super physically demanding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a really, it's my one of my favorite tracks. I, it's not quite at VIR, but that's because VIR literally I, the, the whole back straightaway is a roller coaster. Right. But it, it is the, probably the most technical track I've ever driven. Okay. Um, and parts of it are really weird because a lot of how that tra- it's driven by a lot of club racers, it's mm-hmm. driven a lot. Which and is the, why
0: you see that weird backstretch start that IndyCar loves to do.
1: Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I I've started on the front straightaway. I definitely don't prefer that over the back straight. I like the back straight. Right, starts. right. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird, but um, uh, but like going, you know, like going through the keyhole in particular, it's a weird corner because like every driving school tells you to drive it totally wrong because it's been driven wrong by so many drivers for so many years. That track probably hasn't been paved in, gosh, fifteen years, and it's the same. And it's the same same surface that everybody knows and loves mm-hmm. but um like the keyhole you just rim it you don't even you, you don't even necessarily need to apex it in all the cars that you drive I, I, in a sports car probably you should on the on the latter half but through madness it, it, it's which is at the end of the long straightaway you got turned four, china beach and you crest the hill the left-hander of madness now that corner, it, like a lot of people don't know. They're like, oh, well, he's going to take him on the outside. Every time I've watched and been in a situation where I've had to take somebody out on the outside, I've either ended up in the dirt or they've ended up in the dirt or I'm doing my best Tokyo Drift impersonation coming down <laughs> that hill. And people don't understand it's it's uphill and it looks a little banked. It is not. <laughs> there is no grip out there. And you just fall off. Um, And that's what – I. Think I think it was Jimmy who did that in qualifying. He fell. He he just got out out of the groove and fell off and did a loop in the did a loop in the grass. And like passing is very difficult there, but it's but the passing there is on another level of we are you're just on a knife's edge. Like my favorite place to pass there is going through Thunder Valley, the Snake After Madness, uh-huh. and ducking underneath going uh, into the right hander that leads you to the Budweiser shoot. It's so fun there.
0: I, I want to do laps on there at some point. That's – because every time – I had never – granted, I'd heard of it, but I'd never, like, taken an interest to, like, like look at, like, an onboard until IndyCar started going yeah. there, and then I was like, oh, this looks fun. Oh, <laughs> yes, it is. It,
1: it's it's one of my favorite tracks. Um, It's just its own breed. Yeah. It, you really learn how to drive a car there, and it's – um. I will say, I it's one of the, I love racing in the rain. I do not love racing in the rain at Middle
0: Ohio. <laughs> no, no nobody I've, does. I've, I've seen the videos.
1: Nobody likes racing in the rain. There, just if go they watch, do, They're a liar. They just, just haven't hit the wall yet. Yeah,
0: just go watch. Uh, I think last year IMSA was at. Well, I might have been last year. IMSA was at, uh, or maybe it was the Pilot Michelin Pilot Challenge. It was one of the IMSA races. Was at mid-Ohio in the rain, and you just see China Beach after China Beach, like just like literally half the field goes off into China Beach at any given point, every lap, like clockwork. Back to IndyCar, though. Marcus Erickson puts up a brilliant, brilliant fight. I didn't call him being fifth in the points this year at this point, but uh, that's the beauty of IndyCar, right? Exactly. Alex Polo locks down P3. Alex Polo first in the standings, and Ryan, I have to give you – a begrudging clap. You said, "Don't sleep on Alex Pillow." I'm pretty sure my words were really. I just don't think he's, you know, like a Colton Herta or a Pato Award. Yeah, I was wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I where is Colton Herta in the standings? I, he he's seventh in the standings. He's but yet. I I like I I watched uh, I I like to watch all forms of open wheel racing. And I watched Alex when he was doing the super formula stuff and just, he was just absolutely electric. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm, I love, I love the top three in this championship. I love it so much. Yeah. Pato's had some rough races every once in a while. He gets a, he gets a rough qualifying followed up by, he's probably going to start pole next week. I'm just calling (laughs) it. That's just the way pot. That's just the way his season's been going. But I love it. Pato is one of the best races you could watch. He's one of the most exciting races you can watch. And, yes, I know a lot of the fans were upset that he ruined the streak of new winners this year. But, man, he deserved it. He drove that race beautifully and hunted him down.
0: Yeah. Uh, Speaking of top three, by the way, your third place uh, in these championship standings is Thanos himself. (laughs) Scott Dixon is going to Scott Dixon. No matter if the world wants Scott Dixon or the world does not want Scott Dixon. You're still gonna die on this hill, aren't you? <laughs> Here's the thing. Um he what well, you know, he he won last year. Uh, shellacked the field in the first half and then just cruised in the second half, right? Um <laughs> uh, He's Scott Dixon, dude. He's still number three and in the running, dude. He's ahead of Joseph Newgarden, Marcus Erickson. He's got, he's the highest ranked driver with only one win, which only tells me that he's going to go get a second yeah. win because he's, he's the, Scott Dixon. Th- that's <laughs> the beauty of Scott Dixon, right? Is championships are built on consistency and like you can literally, like, Scott Dixon is about as consistent as a metronome. You know? Like so, chick, but chick, I do chick, have, third, I do have a bit third, of racing fourth, history. First, third, fourth, <laughs> third, second, first,
1: third. What was Scott Dixon's kryptonite? In the beginning, uh, the latter half of the old IRL car, beginning of the DW12. What was his kryptonite? The number ten Ganassi. <laughs> okay. What's leading the number in the standings
0: right uh-huh. now? All right. Well, well, Pato Award number five, Aaron McLaren SP you got Joe Newgard the two Penske, Marcus Ericsson eight. Marcus Ericsson is the eighth chip Ganassi race. Alex Pello, number ten chip. Oh.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it, it. All you needed was just an. It was just another stellar driver in that car who was young, like Dario once was before he decided before his back got broken at Long Beach.
0: It is nice to see Chip Ganassi have somebody that's not Scott Dixon, because for a long time, uh, it was you know. Chip Genassi himself is wearing a Scott Dixon hat despite the fact he has, you know, two other drivers. Yeah. I know oh, Charlie Dad, one is one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas like it you know, Mark not only that, Alex Pillow obviously is your championship leader and is phenomenal. Marcus Erickson, the number eight in the Chip Genassi, is the fifth uh, Chip Genassi <laughs> has
1: got a – if they if they did serious uh team team uh team points. Yeah, Ganassi, Ganassi is pecker slapping in the field <laughs>
0: he, by a large margin. He, he is. He is. Uh, he's doing a heck of a lot better than uh, Pinsky uh, with New Garden in fourth, Pagano in sixth. Andretti needs to just be like, "Hey, Chip, buddy, pal, friend, who who was it that you hired in the last year or so?" And then they need to like you know call those people, and be like. Meet under the bridge uh, at three uh, thirty a.m. I <laughs> just offer a fat stack of cash, and whoever Janassi had the last either city, a fat stack of cash two years or so,
1: or a very very cold night in the river. Right.
0: right. <laughs> whoever the whoever the, the two last two years worth of hires for Janassi are, they need to be like, okay, you need to come to Andretti. Uh, I also think, was like two part of Andretti's problem. This is probably an off week uh, uh, episode. I think part of their problem is you know. Re- ARX is done, but you go to rallycross. Oh, look, Andretti's there. You go to this. Oh, look, Andretti's there. Oh, you go to sports car. Oh, look, it's Andretti's there. Andretti has is spread thin. Yeah. Chip Ganassi just sold his uh, his NASCAR team. Yeah. Why? Uh, well, one, I don't know if you want to be a NASCAR team if you have the opportunity to step out and make a profit right now. Yeah. The way it's trending, just financially, I think it's a little shaky. Uh, but also. Well, we all know Chip Ganassi likes to focus on IndyCar. He's at all the IndyCar races. Well, he
1: loves his. He loves his endurance racing too. He does. I, yeah, and, and that's uh, that's what he even said. He was like, uh, "We're pulling this. and We're kind of looking at a bit more endurance racing." Yeah. Which I am all for. I love. Oh, growing up and watching Scott Prude in that in that '01 Ganassi car winning the Daytona 24. Yeah, I was the biggest fan. I was jumping up and down like a like a little kid, like I was. <laughs> yeah. But I was I was screaming. I loved it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about Alexander Rossi. Uh, speaking of Andretti, uh, and Alex Rossi, his best, uh, his best finish. Turn the mic towards you. Yeah, 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 yep. Yeah. There it is. Okay, okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, Alex Rossi, his best finish in how long? I don't know. He finishes P five, and we we talked about this for weeks. Let the race come to you. Be zen. Meditate on the race. Do not force the race. Confucian thought in the race, right? Alex Rossi didn't look like he was trying to force too much there. He knew P5 was what he needed, and he'll take P4 if it comes his way. But, uh, alas, Scott Dixon is not going to offer me P4, and thus, P5 will suffice.
1: He's finally gotten to that point. And I, I think it, that's what's ruined his championship's hopes in the past is he's tried too hard and put himself in situations that he didn't used,
0: need to be in. It used to happen all the time at Detroit. I can think of, like, two or three Detroit incidents. Yeah.
1: Well, he blew the corner one time, and Joseph ended
0: up taking the yeah. taking the win and then later on the championship. Right. And uh, I think that was a lesson he needed, needed to do. Maybe the racing gods didn't need to be so... Um, Harsh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they to teach they, were, they have
1: not been on Alex's side for a very long time.
0: No. uh. But, to, to not today, Sunday was kind of an alternate, like, oh, oh, what a blessing. <laughs> yeah. It felt like the start of a new chapter, yeah. almost. And I hope this is a chapter where he becomes less like Alexander Rossi and more like Scott Dixon. Yeah. Where Scott Dixon finishes P4. Was Scott Dixon going to force a move and punt aside Alex Pillow, barreling through a turn? Is that something Scott Dixon ever does? No. You know why? Because Scott Dixon is a multi-time champion, and he is the way he is because he knows. Zen, let the race come to you. Meditate. Do not force the race. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's this like, is the it's, next like Elio step.
1: At, it's like Elio at Indy. Exactly. I mean Elio's the king of Indy. I, I like he's one of the he's one of the I think three or four kings. It's Mears uh Unser. Mears
0: Foyt Unser and now Elio. Yeah. Four time winners. Yeah,
1: so he's he's now one of the four kings. Yeah. And every time. Like it, it like he just runs his own race. At the beginning of the day I had did not have Elio
0: anywhere near there was, there, winning that race. There was about fifty laps where I forgot Elio even was running that race. Like if yeah. I, I was there and no, I was I'm, like, I'm totally who is I'm totally that? Oh there. right, that's Elio. Right. I forgot he was running at being Bang boom, what do you know? <laughs> it's Elio. <laughs> Climbing Be, the fence. Because because he knows I can only lose my race in the first hundred fifty. I cannot gain my race, right? Like it's it is run the race, and then if you need to force something, do it strategically. Realize that there's eight laps left. That is at Indy, you know, that's sixteen chances, other chances. You can roll the dice again, and I think that that is something that you learn. Uh, as you age but probably not as aggressively as Alex Rossi did I just I really hope that this is the start of a turnaround for both Rossi and Andretti
1: I think it also was hard for Rossi having Colton come in and Colton's Colton's good
0: Colton's very good and
1: Colton threatens him a little bit and like yeah you kind of get number one and number two number three number four vibes out of some of those teams like Dixon obviously a number one well eh, it's kind of close this year Newgarden obviously number 1. Pato obviously number 1. And for the longest time, Rossi was Rossi. your
0: obvious number 1.
1: And now Colton is like Hey bud, um Hey, uh I have a I'm sorry win. I took that account from you.
0: I was one of the I was one of the, the the youngest ever winners in IndyCar history. Um I don't I don't I don't mean to, you know, bump you out here, but <laughs> you're sitting in the number 1 slot and it I've actually put my name on it. Like, I licked that donut, yeah. so, like, you can't eat that donut because that's my donut Yeah, for the number one driver.
1: <laughs> Beat
0: me, and then we'll see. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, you know, it, it is nice because a P5, I know it's not a win, right? Obviously, um, you know, Hurta is sitting on a win this year. Rossi's not, you know, sitting on a podium this year, yeah. right? Uh, but, you know, look, a a, win, a P5, from Rossi scores him 30 points that puts him over the 200 point mark now all of a sudden he's in with uh you know Scott McLaughlin uh Takuma Sato Will Power you're starting to climb back up because before he's running down there with Ryan Hunter Ray and who that is not much has not much longer in IndyCar yeah uh James Hinchcliffe who's running uh, yeah so let's do the math here if he gets if he dnfs like he normally does he's running behind jack harvey alex rossi is okay in in terms of the points right he gains a little bit and now all of a sudden you start to just hey if things just run my way i can catch back up with Herda, and i can say look i had so many races that were not my fault here's what happens when you provide me with a race that is runnable because he has not been presented with a runnable race
1: no no, it's he's gotten the cream of the crap this year,
0: and honestly, <laughs> a bit of last year too. A bit of last year. We mentioned Gateway was one of those moments at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Excuse me, uh, where he he looked like he was going to Joker laugh. We referenced the Joker laugh, where like he's just mentally broken. He's just <laughs> right, <laughs> like, take me out of business, <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, I think I think this is the start of something new, something beautiful from Alexander Rossi. Don't expect a championship yet, but do maybe expect an improvement, a return to form.
1: I'd love to see him on a I'd love to see him on the top step.
0: The, the man the man deserves a championship at some point. He's too good not to.
1: Well, we We've said that about a lot of drivers in both IndyCar and Formula One, and then Lewis yeah, and then Dixie <laughs> come around. Yeah, I was like, going to say, then, no, no, then no. Michael Schumacher oh, oh. happens, then
0: Lewis Hamilton happens, and <laughs> no, it's no, Scott no. Dixie
1: This ain't going to happen. It's just, and honestly, Dario, too, because yeah. Dario won four before he left. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no.
0: New New Gardens, young as hell and already at two. <laughs> it's, yeah. like,
1: uh. and it's like, it's And it's hell
0: to compete against these guys. They're so good. They're so good, and I— I mean, we say this at Indy all the time, right? Like, it's it's almost a cliche, right? Uh, guys like Pato Awards start 20th, finish eighth. Guys like Santino Ferrucci start 22nd, finish ninth. Uh, it's IndyCar, man. Like
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, Renus VK, who was at one point third in the championship, finishes 16th. That's, yeah. It's that's IndyCar. It's
0: IndyCar, man. Like, you can't hide from a guy when he has a bad Saturday. Yeah. No. <laughs> gonna, he's got to claw his way to the top. Oh, yeah. You have to deal with those guys every single moment. Uh, I think that's going to wrap it up. Uh, we have a guest next weekend that I'd like to announce real quick. Uh, you know him well. <laughs> Your boy Grant Palmer will be on this show. Grant Palmer will be doing, uh, I mean, similar to how we introduced you and we introduced Bobby and just be like, yeah. well, here's the show. <laughs> <laughs> sit down I, I,
1: I wish i was here with grant grant's one of my good buddies i love that kid
0: i i i next time tim's out i might do i almost did grant in but i was like i don't want grant in for his first time with ryan i want grant's first time to be like me and tim yeah. but the next time it might be you two nice. um and then uh yeah grant palmer will be on grant palmer uh, road right. to Indie driver great you'll hear a lot of road to Indie stories I, I can't wait for it. Man.
1: It, <laughs> like, it it'll be a story time if you have him and eye on. It's a great it, he he and I can spit ball with some of the best with karting li- and indie li- road to indie stories.
0: Listen listen to Ryan Birkey over here trying to you know claw his way back onto our show.
1: I, I could, love it here. I'm sorry. I, I,
0: <laughs> this will not be the last time Ryan is heard on our show. Next week Tim's back. We'll have Grant Palmer on. Uh we got big plans planned uh for weeks coming up here. Got uh we've reached out to some drivers. Hopefully we get some. Um, we've reached out to some other people. Hopefully we get them on. Uh, race is coming up here. We're excited for July. We're more excited about August. August is going to be our month. You stay tuned. Additionally, I'd like to throw, uh, dedicate this episode, uh, Derek, Aurora, Ada, Derek, I know you're not listening to this episode because Ada just got added to your family in the last, uh, 48 hours. Uh, our hearts go out to you. We love you, uh, you and Aurora and Ada so much. Uh, so congratulations on the birth of your daughter. And on that, uh, I think it's time to wrap up. Ready?